Rises up, the shot, and it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! Caddy Wampus, onomatopoeia, and anti-disestablishmentarianism. Bruzewitz to midcourt. Rust has it, lets it go! Yes, it Taylor the 20 to the 50 cuts inside 10 5 touchdown Wisconsin hello and welcome to another episode of Badger Notes After Dark podcast the one and only podcast network of the Big Banter Sports Network I'm your host Dylan Graff joined with me as always by Brandon Cooper and Jason Long be sure to follow Big Banter Sports on Twitter Facebook Instagram and TikTok for more exclusive content on this week's episode, we're going to discuss the 38-17 win over the Purdue Boilermakers on Friday night, uh, get into the Chesma Lucy injury, uh, Mumajang Meta's lack of playing time, and a handful of other bi-week storylines. So to backtrack, fellas, uh, Wisconsin does take down Purdue by 21 points on Friday night in the Big Ten opener. Jay, how are you feeling coming out of that one? They covered. So I like that. Uh, man, I, I, I was I was impressed with how that game started. Um, the the first, you know, first few drives, like they, we combined, uh, was it we started eight plays, 62 yards, touchdown, seven plays, 38 yards, touchdown, <clears throat> 16 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, and then another six plays before we finally punted on our first, first drive. Like we had 17 plus minutes of pushing in the, in the first half. That offense looked good. I thought they looked really good right away. It's what everybody's been talking about, how we expected, uh, kind of what we expected and what we hoped would happen with this team um, to start the season. So I thought the offense really clicked in the first half there. I was yeah. I was super happy to see it. Guess what, we, guess what we did? Guess what we did right away? Play Four. action. Establish the run and fucking play action. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely, yeah. I, like we said, like I said, or like we both said, they there was a clear shift when they started pounding the ball against Georgia Southern. Yeah. Running the ball. They did that from the jump. Like they wanted Braylon Allen to get established early and it, and it worked. I mean, the the big difference there was like Purdue is not ready for Tanner Mordecai. Like the Wisconsin rolled him out as a running threat. I mean, as you saw in his first, his first touchdown run, like dude, they did not even key on him at all. He ran that in from 20 yards out. He, could have drove a fucking Mack truck through that hole. Like you, you walked right in there on the second one. He's looking like goddamn Lamar Jackson or <laughs> dancing. The offensive line gave him like nine seconds, and he still had time to bail out and go run one in. Like with how much we've played as a runner, he looked great. With how much we've kind of like, you know, like wanted this offensive line to you know flex their muscles in the run game and stuff. I, when te- teams can't rush four against us, like no, when they rush four against us, Mordecai has all day to throw the ball. And that's with Nelson not playing great. <laughs> Another few penalties. I had that written down. Yeah. I was like, God dang it. Overall, the offensive line was great in pass pro against Purdue. They were Malman, Malman looks good. Malman does look good. He He's still coming along as like a run blocker, but this is a guy who in high school was a tight end. Yeah. I mean, he he was all upside. He was all upside coming to UW, and he's, he's he really good. starting to catch it. Yeah, and Mordecai, I mean, I was – humble bragging all over Twitter that 
Mordecai's feet, man. He he like you said, he's he is a dual threat. And I think you know, like we've seen it with Graham Ritz going to Florida, we've seen it with like other quarterbacks going to different schools, how you know, maybe they weren't used right. And I don't think Mordecai wasn't used wrong at SMU. He threw the ball to a similar system, similar scheme, but like clearly the Badgers, whether it be by necessity running for his life or just because they think he can do it, he's running the ball a lot more. He's yeah. being used as a runner. He's using his feet so much more in this scheme than he has previously. Like I said, he's going to shatter his his career totals in rushing. He's already done it, and he's already uh, he's already eclipsed his rushing yards total from last year and rushing touchdowns. Uh, he needs like thirty more attempts to beat his his total carries from last year and then like 50 to his total carries for his career. So it's like Mordecai is the, is an X factor for sure in this offense. Well, and he's been doing that with Ches Malusi healthy. Now he's not. Yeah. So, I mean, I know we're going to touch on it. RB two up in the air, I guess, but I mean, Mordecai is probably going to be your second leading rusher a lot of weeks now. Yeah. And that, and that's something that'll be really interesting to follow is like, I, I'm of the opinion that Mordecai is more along the lines of a running back or a quarterback who can run than a running quarterback. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I, I, at least I question how sustainable it is to have him carrying the ball intentionally double digit times a game. You know, I, it, it very much worked against Purdue and like, there are going to be situations where that's going to absolutely be, you know, be key to utilize him yeah. that way. And like Jay said, he he's an X factor that way. Like he threw for 174 yards, but it doesn't matter because what he brought from both aspects. But can you risk, you know, especially with a Chesmalusi no longer in the fold, can you risk, you know, putting him out there to injury when, you know, you, you've got you got a guy like Braylon Allen who's worn down the last couple of seasons. You know, that's why Ches was so important. Just I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch how they choose to use him moving forward. But his legs I think are you have really to take a that risk. If you want to win games, you have to take that risk at this point. You know, yeah. I don't think I don't think more has numbers necessarily. Like when you look at his his stat line in the game, like they're not jumping off the stat sheet. No, it was like thirteen season or like three yards. But it's like when he's when he's running the ball is effect. You know, whether it be to complete, you know, convert a third down, or you know, he gets into the end zone there, or. Or when he and even when he's completing his his passing numbers aren't incredible. He's only thrown two touchdowns this year. He's got three yeah. interceptions. But uh, he, when he's completing passes and when he's using his feet, have been so effective for this offense. It's been huge. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's not his first instinct, which I think is a plus because you do have weapons and right. He's able to. Honestly, I think he's got really great pocket presence. He is able to. He always has his eyes downfield. He works through all of his reads. He runs when it's a necessity. Like he, I think that's what he's best suited to do. And I'm happy, you know, that he can pick up the extra yards when, when shit breaks down. But yeah, I mean, overall, maybe it's a little early to say this, but like I feel as confident, you know, stats aside in Tanner Mordecai as I did like a Jack Cohn back in the day. And I feel like he has a better opportunity to even elevate the offense compared to a Jack Cohn. Well, I'll throw this out there. My confidence in Jack Cohn was not high. I knew what it. You knew what it was. Hey, he had nineteen touchdowns, five picks as a junior. I think Mordecai's more established passer. Yeah, he's, he's throwing the ball a lot more. And they're, yeah. and they're different. They're different systems too. Absolutely. But like that, that's all we have to compare it to. I just think, yeah, I think Mordecai. Like, if he's not, his big thing is like, 
is he going to turn the ball over, which he's had. Yeah. You know, he's turned the ball over relatively high amount in his in his career. Um, and even with the batters, you know, he's got two fumbles, lost three interceptions in, in four games. That's not particularly great, but um, but I think if he doesn't turn the ball over, and like I said, when he's getting these timely conversions using his feet and his timely completions, he just really is – he elevates the offense. Uh, where I'm concerned now the most is, you know, Chez has 50 carries in four games, you know, three and a half games, like – we don't have another running back that can no. really do that. I don't think because like what, Jackson Aker, like with all due respect, like he's not had that workload before. You know, he's played full, but he's he's done everything. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife. He filled in at fullback, put on weight. He lost this weight this year to be that third running back. Like, right. what, what are they going to do? Let's call it what it is. At this point, our number two running back is a converted fullback, and yeah. our number three running back is a converted safety. I mean, and that's not to say that their skill sets can't they can't find a way to play chess here and, you know, make it work. But I don't think that you got a guy on the roster right now that can come even close to, to giving you what Chess oh. did. And you, you also know that like, you can't just turn to Braylon and say, Hey, you're taking 25 carries a game now because we, we've seen you how that have. story ends. Right. We've seen how that story ends though. Like well, that's like circling back to Mordecai. Like I was saying, he's going to have to run the ball. Like that's just part of it. Like you're gonna have to put him in position to get hurt because you don't have many other options. And one yeah. note I did have on Mordecai when like running, it's like in Madden when you have Andy Dalton at quarterback and it's like third and six, and you're playing Nathan Butler, who's the worst fucking Madden player on planet Earth, and you're like, dude, I'm about to run a read option with Andy Dalton, and he doesn't even know. And then you take oh, it like 35 yards down the sideline. <laughs> That's what Tanner Mordecai running the ball reminds me of. Like, you know he can do it, but you're always like, he's never going to do it. He's <laughs> fucking white. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point that Dylan said. He's, he's a quarterback who can run, but it's not his best attribute, which is no. huge in those third and shorts because defenses aren't really – Purdue clearly wasn't respecting it right away, and I think that oh. was a, a big part in the offense. And they're going to have to lead on that more with Chez out. And Chez, Dylan, like I mean, you said, are – other running backs aren't like natural running backs. Yeah, like well, I, I'll, I'll be not honest. That Braylon was either, I guess. But I, I have, I do have confidence that Jackson Ecker can come in and and like fill the role admirably. You know, step in, take eight to ten carries, and like be all right. But the thing that is tough is that his skill set is a lot closer to that of Braylon Allen. Like I'm not comparing the two, but like he is a size speed guy and he's not a chess. Those thunder and lightning. Chess gave you a really different look. Yeah. The guy was going to get downhill and do it quickly. Wasn't a burner, but he had a little extra juice. You know, he got up to top speed pretty quick. This chess was a really excellent fit in this system. Well, it was a nice compliment to Braylon. And I, again, I think Acker will be fine. I think that he'll show, he'll show it to be a viable option, but you just, you lose something because we know Braylon is not a pass protector. I mean, that's a it's a huge thing that we just lost yeah. and we don't know what Cade Iacomelli can do yet I mean he is a tremendous athlete but he we don't know what he is as a running back even a little bit at this point or yeah there's a I lot mean, of unknowns I'm a great yeah, athlete gonna... too I'm a beer olympics champion but I tell you what I can't pass <laughs> block right now not like yeah I, and I, was, I was gonna bring that up Dylan because that's like kind of the thing that anytime there's an injury like that fans just as well do is like you start looking at that that roster, that depth chart, where you're like, because I I saw immediately on Twitter, it's like, well, is Nate White gonna start getting carries? It's like, 
guys, he's 18 years old yeah. and he's undersized. Like, he's yeah. not just going to be Ches Moosey. Like, as much as we all want him to, and like, we're in Big Ten play now. There's, there's no time. We already lost a game. You can't lose another game, really, if you, if you want to compete, you know, in the postseason, really. But like, maybe you have a little wiggle room if you lose another game to win the West, but like, you don't want to. Like, it, you're in it now. Like, you can't just start plugging and playing guys who haven't gotten reps well, with the ones or even I'd like to see probably. some jet, a couple jet sweeps here and there, maybe. I, I think that that would be DK. Yeah. Do you think we can line him up at running back? I don't know. Let's fucking try anything. <laughs> I don't think so, but I wouldn't be shocked to see guys like Skylar Bell or Will Pauling get some end arounds, like guys yeah. who, you know, they, they use a lot in motion as it is to kind of get them get them moving before the snap. And, you know, I, I could see them getting creative a couple different ways to sure. manufacture touches for other people, move the ball efficiently different ways, but. Do we this let game. Hunter Waller play tailback? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't know for a fact he can't do it. He might be like Miles Jack, the greatest athlete ever. Miles yeah. Jack. I don't. Do we have a quarterback controversy though with Will Pauling and Warkai? I don't know. Man, Will was out there slanging that thing. He was. People are talking. If Patrick Mahomes threw the ball at that arm angle, we would be, people wouldn't shut up about it. ESPN would be going crazy, dude. Yeah. They had to make Blair a dude Swift would be going wild, bro. Yeah. All he had to make a dude miss just to sling that shit sidearm. Yeah, that was nasty. I mean, shout out Mordecai fucking affecting the game as a thrower, as a runner, as a receiver. receiver. Like, yeah, two catches. miles, man. Like, yeah. And he can pass. Yeah. My, my last my last thing on on the offense in general is in that what I was I think impressed about the most about the team um, was I didn't think that they played a great second half like they they had in the second half they had 17 plays 60 yards excluding the kneel, kneel downs you know one pick one field goal one touchdown and after losing the third quarter 14-6 they won the fourth quarter 11 nothing um, so so like they didn't play particularly well. And they still outscored Purdue in the second half, in specifically in the first fourth quarter. Yeah. And that's what you need to do as a good team to put away those, you know, pesky teams that are going to keep throwing. So that impressed me the most, I think, with the offense is that they actually played worse in the second half, but still played better than the team that they were playing. Yeah. So one thing they physical, like, dude. They wore him out. And like Allen just I mean, he only he had what 16 for like a buck. 12, 15, 16, wherever it was. 16 carries, 116 yards, and two scores. And he put yeah. unofficially two Boilermakers in the dirt on that, like, 40-yard run. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, like, him and the offense line wore him down. You get to the fourth quarter, all you need is those three-and-a-half, three-yard runs. That's all you need because those dudes are fucking tired. You keep them on the field. We actually won time of possession this week, uh, 33 minutes and 54 seconds to 26 minutes and six seconds. So pretty significant there. Also, Braylon Allen at six touchdowns on the season, fellas. We, we, we might be looking at two for two on empty the clips here. I, <laughs> I, I very much appreciated your, uh, your online response to uh, your empty the clip bet hidden. That was, that, hey. was, that was personally a highlight of my week. The people needed to that. know. I'm about it. I'm about this action. The, the last note that I have on the offense that I thought was, you know, worth worth mentioning is that CJ Williams, you know, kind of had a little coming out party. Obviously, yeah, he's a really highly, really highly regarded receiver. I mean, if you want to go by recruiting rankings, the highest highest rated recruit at receiver to ever, you know, suit up yeah. for UW. So it's nice to see him get involved. Five catches, 56 yards. He was the most targeted receiver. Um, you know, I just thought that was encouraging step forward. 
So now to uh, the defensive side of the ball, where I think got to lead off with at the very least uh, the Mumajang meta, you know, storyline. Our you know third team All Big Ten linebacker from a year ago getting one snap that came on the last play of the game on fourth down, uh, and then the coaching staff more or less just sidestepping the question and saying like yes. He was available, you know, kind of blah, blah, blah. We went along with the game plan. I mean, we're not buying that, right? Like, that's obviously yeah. horseshit. Yeah. And he let's did, call, let's call he did something that pissed him off. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've seen a lot of tweets that are like, this seems like it's kind of the unofficial way of suspending a guy without yeah. suspending a guy, which I don't know. I don't I, – I love that they're not putting out – airing out dirty laundry. Like, yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't want – you know, you don't want to oh, drag yeah. a kid at all, but – I mean, it, it's a tough look when, when somebody of that caliber, you know, he's speaking at all the media days preseason, and he's essentially, you know, your defensive captain, and he's getting one snap, and then you, we just don't really know why. I mean, that's just it's, like, not a, it's not a schematic thing that just happens from week week three to week four. That just is weird. It's right. like the Super Bowl when New England lost to Philly, and they bent, they suspended Malcolm Butler for the whole game because he was yeah. late to one meeting during Super Bowl week. Yeah. And Belichick was like, "Nah, dog, you're not playing at all." And he was like their number one corner that year. I feel like well, that's now it's a it's a bye week too, so it's even weirder. And it's like, right. was was John Meta hurt? Was he? It just right leaves too, it leaves I think too much. Fucked, to I think want, he, you know, like I think he did something, and it, if it was super bad, it would have been in the news. So who yeah. knows? He could have said. I just something. don't like, want to like go at his character or anything like that when we really don't know. Like, no, I and I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. No, I don't think you are either. But at the same time, it's like I, I'd rather I'm just going to play naive and hope that he was like had a lingering injury or maybe you know something something popped up late there where it's not like he. But then why would you play on the last snap? Right. That that to me was puzzling. I guess that's like, fair. You can't you can't turn around and like convince me it was performance based either because Jordan Turner had a pretty rough game. You know, yeah. he had at least three tackles and. I didn't think you guys were gonna fact check me, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I it hey, just I know ball, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I am ball. Yeah, it, you are ball. It, it's a it's a weird situation overall, but uh, you know, I guess moving on past that, like you have to feel pretty good about holding Hudson Card to two hundred and two yards passing. You know, no touchdowns. They he did have two interceptions. Ricardo Holman, you know, brought in both of those. Yeah. Thought he had a pretty Pretty nice game overall. Uh, that nice first interception was one of the worst throws I have ever seen. But that was huge. You know, I mean, that ball's caught there in the game. So, like, him him picking that ball off to end the half is, is gigantic. Yeah. He had good technique there because if that would have been a penalty, like, you know, now you just gave Purdue some points. So, like, it, it wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of the second one where he, like, he underthrew the wide receiver by, like, 10 yards. Yeah. 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 The second one actually, like Rico baited him super hard. They had like an all twenty-two like look at it, and Rico baited him completely. It was a really well, nice play. Public service announcement: I was like thirteen deep after a fucking company dinner when I watched the game in a hotel room. So maybe I don't remember <laughs> it right. My bad, Sumi. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I I do I do think. That there were some concerning aspects in terms of run defense. I kind of seemed like we were just routinely getting gas around. Yeah, you know, we have four total yards. Kind of seemed like it was just one chunk player after another. And I don't know, the defensive line, obviously, not a day outside of maybe James Thompson, not a day to write home about. I think, yeah, no. it's a pretty poor play there. 
and missed tackles continue to be an issue. I mean, this was a, yes. a season, season high missed tackles in this game. And, you know, now they're averaging double digit missed tackles a game through four games. Like that's a, I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly what the fix is there, but like that's, you do that against Ohio state, you're going to get beat by fucking 40. Uh, exactly. Exactly. You're going to get smoked. Yeah. We've like, seen it before. The, the trend is like the, the scoring drafts that this defense gives up are, are, bad like yeah you they teams walk down the field and like you said don't it was like 15 yard run 12 yard pass 15 yard run and it's just all back to back to back and they walk down the field which i have to imagine just kills all the momentum that a team any confidence you can have or yeah and then on the defensive side yeah just generally it's like you get a few stops and then team walks down the field like you said cooper if they get two stops three stops against ohio state and then just get walked down the field it's like oh well what now? What you yeah. know? It's we're. It's just it's so inconsistent on all levels. It's just it just is concerning. I think that's yeah. why we're concerned. Is yeah, I have no idea what to make of them yet. You know, each, each week we we know that they bend. A lot of times they break, mm-hmm. and then also they generate nine turnovers in yeah. two weeks. So like, I I have no idea how to feel about them. You know, against you know a couple better opponents here coming up in it's... a few weeks. Like perhaps we'll have a better idea, but. Like another one, and I, I think the first game we all gained Buffalo. I'd have to check the Wazoo game, but I believe every other game except Buffalo, the Badgers have been outgained in yards. They got they got outgained by Purdue. I mean, it was only Purdue had three hundred ninety six yards, and the Badgers had three hundred eighty eight. But still, we won what thirty eight seventeen, and they had that more yards than us on nine minutes. Or not nine minutes, seven minutes left, or like less possession than we had. Like we won, we were the better team, obviously, but that just worries me when we play good teams. Right. We, we, we get their throw in, they're down late, whatever. But still, the fact that we're getting outgained every single game, and then you touched on it, Dylan, the um rush defense. We lost six point three yards per carry against Purdue. Yeah, I mean and it, I think their longest run was twenty four yards. So yeah, it's not like all the low PFF grades are, or something. What's all that? the low PFF grades are defensive linemen. So yeah, like, like it's a problem. There's mm-hmm. not really anybody that's like like. I mean, I guess you said James Thompson is like kind I, of the in my notes. He's I, at least playing well, but like otherwise, it's a rotation so of four or five guys that are just not doing really yeah. anything. Like I mean, Thompson's been. I just put solid. He's got three sacks, fifteen tackles. I don't know how many TFLs. I didn't look at that, but he's been solid. Yeah, but not good enough. You're allowing Purdue to go 6.3 yards per carry? Who? I mean, right now on the season through four games, right now Wisconsin's 77th in the country in total defense. And, I mean, they're allowing 374 yards a game. That's the most since 2005. We're allowing over five yards a play. I mean, that's the most since 2018. We're just not used to that as of late. Exactly. I think that's part of why it's hard to be – to to evaluate it like objectively because yeah. we we have a decade worth of elite defenses for the most part you know that we're comparing this against and it is a different scheme they're trying to do something different but like at the end like, of the day like it, this isn't going that well overall like there there are still plenty of holes and it it, it is concerning because you know that you've got you know Iowa you've got Rutgers you've got Ohio State coming up like yeah. there are some real opponents. I could hang a few on you if you're going to continue to fuck up. Well, Iowa ain't hanging shit. No, no. I mean, 
Yeah, they're going to score 24, <laughs> 24 points or less. That much I know. Yeah, it's just, like I said, we're not used to the defense. And, like, I feel like in the last maybe decade, this is the first defense where I look at where it's like, okay, we don't have either a, like, surefire first rounder or, like, three or four second rounders on this and That's That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't – I mean, like, I – I, we've been spoiled with like Herbie and Kendall. Benton I know, and I'm used to it. That. And I'm a spoiled little fucking bitch, and I want it. <laughs> like Hunter, Hunter, our best player being our safety has just not really been. And he's like a fourth really. round pick, maybe. Yeah, tough fifth to tell. round. Like he's a late there's round. A lot of skilled, there's a lot of skilled players out there that I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but we're used to like Keanu Benton, where it's like, dude, he's borderline. You know, first, mm-hmm. second round. Would he go third? He, he went early second. Did he? he or like Herbig, like J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, Herbig was the and best Ginkle, defensive like, player in preseason football. And like, yeah. Just, yeah. But we don't – and we've talked about it before. We just don't have that guy. And it makes it hard to, like, look at this defense when we're just used to that, like I said, for the last, like, mm-hmm. decade maybe, where you got that one guy where it's like, okay, he's the best player on the field no matter what. And we have well, yeah, and with with Keanu Benton and with Herbig, it's like what, and I think we we've talked about this with like third downs. We had a lot of trust that Jim Leonard was going to get off the field, but with like John Meta and Herbig and Keanu Benton, like we knew where the pressure was going to come yeah. from. If it wasn't from one of them, it's because they're getting double teamed and somebody else to get there. Right. This year, like teams aren't scheming to to double team anybody because yeah, they don't have to. Like there's just not anybody that they're scared of on the defensive line or in the in linebacker. And that's where recruiting is going to be huge. I do think that Daryl Peterson has had a better year than I've maybe given him credit for. You know, he's not incredibly explosive like a lot of those Ed rushers that we've had in recent years, but he he is getting after the quarterback. The last two weeks alone, he's got like eight pressures, two sacks. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's doing his part, but it, it looks different. And there's just like so much bad where it's hard to see the good a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. I being glass half full. I mean, that's what I say when I look in the mirror every morning. (laughs) We're talking about a 21 point victory. And that's one of the things I keep coming back to is we can sit here and we have, we have plenty of things to be critical of during a 21 point victory. What if they do put this shit together? Like I'm, (laughs) I'm so one of the things that, you know, we can kind of use this as a transition into some of the bi-week storylines. And so one of the, one of them that I'd like to lead off with is like the offense. Like I think we can all agree that they have not been firing on all cylinders yet. However, they're scoring 33 points a game right now. Last year they were scoring 26 a game. They've gone over 400 yards in three of the four games. Last year they only did that four times. And this is not the offense, I mean, working the way that we thought that it might. So if this stuff does start to click, you know, if they can find a way to get some of these weapons involved, maybe maybe they are looking at a breakout. You know, maybe this is a week where they can regroup and maybe they're going to explode. Well, one of the things like, yeah, we only had four, what did you say, 400-yard games last year. But how many more plays are we running this season? Like last year was more melt the clock. This year it's – we might go three and out in 11 fucking seconds. Yeah, so and I, was, I was looking at – I was trying to just look at that real quick too on PFF Coop because I feel like we've consistently been around seventy-ish plus plays on defense, and I'm I'm curious how that translates yeah. to, to years past because we have been like a, a run-heavy team 
Well, that's the danger when you run like an offense like right. that. Like, so is our defense just on the field so much more, and we're just that's why we're like, ugh, this just seems so bad because we're just seeing a lot more of them, and they're yeah. really not being as bad as we think. So. There's definitely something to that, and like, I'm, obviously, Coop, like I, I agree with you. Like this offense is intended to hang more yards than the previous yeah. system. It's just I'm trying to use it as a basis for comparison of like I, no, I'm, in, I'm not in love with what I have seen overall on offense. We've seen moments of brilliance. But if this is like a B minus version of what we were hoping and we're still doing and we're still scoring, you know, 33 points a game and averaging damn yeah. 400, like there's more good going on than perhaps I have. Well, the, the way we've talked about them, the way we've talked about them for the last couple of weeks, you think they'd be averaging like 13 points a game. Right. That's just how critical we're being. Yeah. But I think it's fair. It's all relative to our preseason expectation. Yeah, I think it's fair. Like it just hasn't been the offense you expected. They're averaging that many points a game, but it's ugly. Yeah. That's where I'm at with that. One other thing that I definitely wanted to touch on is, uh, you know, Jake Renfro. He did travel with the team to Purdue. Obviously, he was intended. He can't play this starting. week, though, can he? he did not. He was on the field warming up with the third team. Didn't see the field. Um, but, you know, now we have the bye week. Hopefully another week for him to get healthier, maybe mix in with the – you know, the ones and twos, it would be really, really nice to see what the Badgers offensive line could look like potentially if he was able to work his way back to being the yeah. starting center because, you know, Bordellini tip of the cap, like he's done a great job as a blocker, but those once once you see those slow snaps, you can't unsee it. No, no, you can't. <laughs> it it yeah. looks like a left guard playing center. And yeah. again, he's filled in admirably. Like he got dealt a, a tough hand. Like he is an all-conference caliber guard, in my opinion. He's been forced to play center. But if Renfro can work his way back into the lineup, that would be something I that I think could have a pretty high impact on the on the team overall. But yeah. he's he's been injury prone. His, the last game he played was in the college football playoffs two years ago. Well, that's like the one thing like, I don't know. Like I'm just an idiot, I guess, but. It's not like the NFL where it's like you're out a certain number of weeks if you're like inactive or on IR. No, there's no problem. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay. That might be a stupid thing to say, but I just watched the NFL. <laughs> what an idiot. Big dumb idiot. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. Yeah, he knows ball my ass. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Gentlemen, before we move on to everybody's favorite segment, do either of you have any final words on week four against Purdue or any bi week storylines before we take on Rutgers? I think we kind of hit everything I wanted to talk about. Um, I need to grab a beer, I guess. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm ready to let it rip. All right, why don't, why don't uh, you grab yourself you, yourself a tall boy and uh, Jay, we're going to pass it over to you for what are we doing here moment of the week. Yeah, man. So I was uh, I was just scrolling kind of uh, the, the college football rankings, you know, like the coaches poll, the, the AP poll, because I was just curious, you know, the Badgers are three and one. They're only losses to Washington State, who's who's ranked 16 and. The Badgers are are not even receiving votes in in one of these in, in the coaches poll right now. They they vote for forty two teams. They show teams getting votes forty two up to forty two. Badgers were not in the top forty two for the coaches poll, and then they came in at thirty six in the AP poll. Uh, I just don't understand that. 
at all. Like one loss to a top 16 team who just, you know, played really well and beat Oregon State. Oregon State has one loss to the same team and I think played worse non-conference opponents. And, and Oregon State's still ranked in the top 21. Like, what are we doing here? How are the Badgers not ranked right now? Ole Miss is another team. Yeah, they lost to Alabama. We've all agreed that Alabama is having a down year. They beat Mercer, Mercer, Georgia Tech, Tulane, and they're still ranked in the top 15 or top hey, 20. Tulane's good. Tulane's okay. They, they're, they're not as good as they used to be. But what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are the Badgers not even receiving votes in the coaches' poll? I get not being ranked, but, yeah, not receiving votes is criminal. Right. You had them ranked 19th in the country entering the season. You lose to a top 16 opponent yeah. in a close game on the road. And it just – yeah, that that's uh, that doesn't really add up. The Badgers played a bad half against against Washington State. And then they played – they came back. They made a comeback. Like, so I don't – I just don't get how hmm. – you can discount what they've done the rest of the games, but then like for other teams, you just don't care. Like but I Ole Miss never have a fucking Ole Miss never had a chance against Alabama. No. Like and they're still ranked in the top twenty. Well that's because so they played Alabama. It they played fucking Mercer too. So I'm just what saying are doing here? That's, what that, are we doing here? Is. Mercer is worse than Buffalo. So I don't well, I don't yeah, know I'm not gonna argue that. But like the way people think it's like, oh well they played Alabama. And that's all they think about. They don't think about Mercer. Yeah, but everybody has conceded that Alabama might have their worst team that they have in the last 15 years. I haven't. <laughs> that's because you don't know ball. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> I don't know ball. Okay. You can't get me fired up like this. Ask Wisconsin 10 04. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. Uh, but, like I said, I get them not being ranked. But, yeah, receiving, not receiving votes – is wild. Wazoo's good. I get they haven't looked great, but they're and better again, than I'm not saying that to you, right? Like, the other teams. Iowa is still receiving votes. Like Colorado, yeah. who was kind of a fraud, is way up there compared to, you know, like there's teams like Georgia State is receiving votes. Like there's teams that it's like that are not in a Power Five conference even receiving <laughs> votes over Wisconsin. Like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's some non-pop. James Madison's good, dude. Yeah, I would concede that James Madison should receive votes. I, that's fine. So, so but, like, so should Wisconsin. Yeah. Yes, that's all I'm asking. Just give us a vote. But I don't. I'll vote. Thing, like shit. I'm glad we're not like top five. We we've all seen how that goes. Just now, yeah. sleep on us, dude. Dollars. I don't know. And then I, at the end of the season, we'll be in the Big Ten championship game with a shot at it. In week, in, week, in week six, you know, we'll have a waste management bowl between Fickle and Giano. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to coming out of that one, you're going to get tossed a couple bones. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Coop, what is your what are we doing here moment of the week? Uh, mine is actually about myself. What was I doing here? Okay. Because I felt out of place. So Friday, we went down, <laughs> me and another guy from my uh, work, Went down and we had like a regional dinner for like the quality assurance managers or whatever. And we went to, it was Lombard, which is, I'll probably be wrong. People from Illinois will say I'm wrong. I think it's like a suburb of Chicago. It's right by Chicago. But anywho, we went to um, Harry Carey's Steakhouse there for dinner. Super fucking fancy. Like I, I was in a polo and like slacks and dress shoes and felt way underdressed. Felt like a fucking idiot. Not going to lie. <laughs> 
but incredible food. I got a New York strip. It was like a $70 fucking steak. Everyone else, I think most people got steaks. There was like 10 of us there. I bet you the bill was like $2,000. And the company was just like, yeah, that's light work, dude. Treat, treat yourself. Like, yeah. And my boss, he was like, yeah. He was like, order, you know, it's all in the company. Whatever you guys want to drink, whatever you want to eat, just order anything. Say less, man. You just you you unleashed a beast, dude. You unleashed my demons. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. But um, so we're at there. It's like super nice. I feel underdressed. I feel like I'm not fancy enough for it. I look like I'm fucking homeless, according to my mom, with my beard and shit. But me and the guy I was with were the only people who weren't from within like 30 miles. It's like a, it was like a two and a half hour drive for us. So our boss got us a hotel and there's a hotel attached to this Harry Carey's. Well, it's a Westin hotel. It's like a four and a half star hotel. You want to talk about feeling out of place, dude. The housekeepers made me look like a fucking poor person the way they were dressed. And like, I'm walking up there with like a polo and like fucking slacks and dress shoes. They had a, what is it? A concierge, a concierge or whatever. When I walked in and saw that, I was like, damn, I'm way too poor to fucking stay here right now. <laughs> like, she was sitting down with some couple and, like, recommended them a restaurant where she's like, yeah, usually the steak's like 80 to to $100. I was like, what the fuck? That's the kind of demographic I'm dealing with here? So, anywho, me and the guy from work I was with were like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. These are, like, nicest hotel rooms I've ever been in. And it was probably, like, 10, 30, 11. And I went to his room. We watched the Badger game. Got into some recreational activities, parted our, or went our separate ways. And I decided it was a good idea to keep drinking. I had a couple of high lives, a couple of 18 high lives with me on the road. And I was like, I'm going to watch a movie. And it's like 1 a.m. So I watch uh, The Departed, which is like a two and a half hour fucking movie. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what else I need to do? Watch another movie. So then I watched Re- Reservoir Dogs, which is like a two-hour fucking movie. <laughs> so it's like 5-something a.m. I am absolutely shenit-housed in my hotel room. Go to bed. I wake up. I got to check out by noon. I wake up at like 11.45. Just an absolute pile of shite. I was like, oh, fuck. I need to get going. So I pack up all my shit, throw some deodorant on, brush my teeth, rip a pisser. I'm heading out. Like I said, this is a four-and-a-half, five-star hotel. I'm on the 12th floor. I'm walking by maids who are wearing like Louis Vuitton fucking panties probably. But <laughs> dude, so I'm in a fucking Carhartt shirt that hadn't been washed in like two days. Gray. Probably smell like absolute ass. No beard comb. So my shit's all over the fucking place. No hat. Hair doesn't look great. All fucking oily because I hadn't showered yet. Some mesh shorts. And then I'm in like one calf sock and one ankle sock because I couldn't find my socks from the night before and that's all I had in flip flop and and one flip flops with my backpack my little fucking portable cooler and then a grocery bag that I had like my fucking shoes in because I didn't have room in my backpack I get to the main lobby there's like a hundred people in the fucking main lobby for a wedding dressed to the goddamn nines dude and my fucking bum ass has to literally like walk through like, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. As I probably just reek of fucking booze. I look like I'm homeless and probably robbed and killed somebody for their hotel room. 
Anyone it's like, like it's the nicest wedding, like the nicest people I've ever seen dressed in my life. And I get outside. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And then in the parking lot, it's like Lexus's fucking Beamers, like a Rolls Royce, some wild shit like that. And then you got my Volkswagen that hasn't been washed in a week and a half. And my fucking broke ass goes and hops in it. Just looking like an absolute fucking scumbag. And I literally thought to myself, I got in my car, I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> Next time I go on a work trip, I need to request like a two and a half star hotel. That's right up my fucking alley. Those are my people. Put me in a, up in a Super 8. Like, yeah. You need to leave the light on for me, dude. I can't be going to a Westman. <laughs> are you kidding me? I was so out of place. I felt so uncomfortable. Just a learning opportunity. It was a tough look, man. Tough look for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, you got one this week? Yeah, fellas, before we get out of here, I, I do have one. Uh, you know, I generally speaking try to be a glass half full guy, but uh, this weekend I uh, attended a wedding down in Milwaukee for my wife's best friend, Becca. And uh, one, I was asked that I uh, don't wear blue jeans. Um, that yeah, I right. it was a formal wedding, and uh, so you know what? I oblige your boy. Uh, I put on dress pants. Swear to God, I have people who witnessed. You put on dress pants. Swear to God, um, I would have bet. I would have bet my rent. You wore fucking blue jeans and cowboy boots. So here's how I met myself in the middle. I brought a change of clothes. Soon Hell as the yeah. ceremony was oh, over, yeah. threw my blue yeah. jeans back on. I was back in business, baby. Absolutely, love it. You can't put a saddle on a Mustang. Fuck no. So anyway, you were ready to boot scoot and boogie on that bitch. <laughs> so I thought, so oh. I head over to the bar. Keep in mind, this wedding was at a little coffee shop downtown, small venue, you know, not a lot of people. I go up there and say, I'll take two Budweiser's please. And the woman just kind of shakes her head at me. No. And I'm like, well, okay. Bush light. No. I'm like, what do you have? She Points to the tabletop. There's a bunch of bar or beers I have never seen in my life. And so I grab a, it's called a Manabria. It's an Italian beer because that's all that they have. Yeah. You want to know what it tastes like? A skunk's asshole. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. It it was fucking brutal. And you know what? I was like, you know what? I love these guys. I'm happy to be here. It's their day. Like, I'm going to power through it. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. You know, don't make it about me. You can suck it up for a day. Right. You know how it is. You drink any beer. You have five to six. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they all taste like water. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm powering through. I'm doing my part. Before you know it, I'm through a baker's dozen. And I'm like, wow, like, this shit tastes like a skunk's asshole still. Like, just, it, it really, it really threw off everything about the evening for me. You know, I, I wasn't able to get out there and, do what I should have been doing on the dance floor because I just wasn't in the right headspace because of Manabria. So that's never good. Dance floor is where the magic happens. That's yeah. where I thrive in life. So I, I, learned, I learned a valuable lesson this weekend is that Italian beer, not for me. Uh, Manabria, two thumbs down. I'm going to hit up Yelp. I've got strong opinions. Fuck yeah. Um, you know, I'm not really about cancel culture, but I think I can make an exception. <laughs> They want to come on the pod to defend themselves. Just let us know. They're more than welcome. Manabria, hit us up. We're, we're, ready. <laughs> we're ready. We're ready to collab. I don't know. Love to have you on the pod. Respectfully, your beer's trash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's my. What are we doing here? You know, what are you uh, doing with your life? Yeah. You know, that's that's enough of that shit. Also, a little cutesy on my end for a wedding. You know, to make me both wear dress pants. That was a huge red flag. And two, to try to funnel this Italian beer well, down my throat. Yeah. 
Nah. You can't Same, give bro. me one domestic year. Take the, year take the ring win. back. Take the ring back. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a no for me, dog. You know, wish them both the best. Love them to death. But, uh, <laughs> but a, fuck lot, a lot of questionable decisions were made. Yeah. Along the way. Um, you yeah, know, on that note, we're, we're going to get out of here. Thank everyone for tuning in. Hope to catch you back next week. Uh, enjoy the Badgers bye week, and uh, we'll be back, you know, for uh, the Waste Management Bowl against Rutgers in week six. Peace.